Listen, Hatch. <laughs> Two sides to a story, but they never tell my side. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Casuals of Runeterra. Episode Heart Steel. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Hatch. Woo! We got an exciting one for this week. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we had to talk about them. Um, because if you've been around with us, we talked about KDA a while back because we're K-pop fans. <laughs> you couldn't tell we're fans of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. We, if it hasn't become clear yet, we are the internet golems. Uh, like, <laughs> or, you know what? No, no. I, I'll call us the internet gargoyles. Like, you know, we're not like we've been here a long time. All right. We, we interact with what we want to interact with, but otherwise we watch. Yeah, we see it all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who watches the watchers? <laughs> Who watches the watchers? Uh, hopefully the people that are listening for our housekeeping. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is a special episode, but you can't have heart steel without housekeeping. Uh, you can listen to us everywhere. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Remember, that's C-O-R. Follow us on all the platforms because that helps us, helps us with discoverability. We appreciate it. Leave a like and a comment wherever you're listening slash watching. Uh, but the easiest way to listen or the easiest way to spread the word, sorry, um, I don't have one prepared for this one. Uh, tell a friend to listen to both sides of the story <laughs> by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. I can't even be mad. You know, that's the height of comedy to wrap it back to an original joke. That's yeah. good. That's good. You know what? Eight out of ten. If y'all can't tell by now, I'm a Kane fan. <laughs> As a fellow deep voice, uh, I I immediately was like, okay, I know who I like in this group. <laughs> what about you, Hatch? Who, who are you immediately like? You know what? I'm on board. Uh, and they, okay, as far as just like in the group specifically, mm -hmm. like it, or specifically with the music video. Yeah. I, let me clarify that with the music video it was Cassante like okay. was, like uh, great just vibes. like overall great like the look voice it was like yeah th that was exactly what I wanted it to be so yeah. it's like yeah no Cassante okay okay um so who is Heart Steel if you're listening to this you probably already know you got the gist of it so back in the day we talked about KDA it was Riot's attempt at a K-pop group connected to characters from the story in their alternate universe style. And they took another shot at it. We also have, you remember, was it True Damage and Pentakill, which are other groups they've done in the past. And Hedge and I kind of had a suspicion. I think most people did. They're like, they're going to do a boy group at some point, right? Yeah. Because the KDA stuff went so well. Go listen to that episode if you want more details on that. Um, and with KDA specifically, if you've been keeping up with the voices behind it, uh, those artists have become very popular. So G Idol took off. So, uh, So Yun and Mi Yun, a part of that group and also part of KDA, Madison Beer, if you watch Twitch, she's been streaming and has blown up as well in her own career. Um, Jaira Burns has also been doing more work as well. So it's going to be tougher for them to get a KDA effort together. Uh, now it's going to take more work and more money and riot is still business. So we know they're trying to find other avenues and here we are. Right. And uh, like, I think it's going to be interesting just to see like if um, 
because at the end of the day, it's all like boils down to like public reception. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if they get enough of a backing, like I, I would be interested to see if this blows up enough to where Riot is going to try to figure out the logistics to get these guys to Worlds because like that that is something they did with KDA. Um, and it would just make sense that you're going to do it with like the next group. Uh, I, I know that like when we talked about it in our KDA episode, we, we said that we both thought that this was going to happen. Like it, it just, it was too successful. And, uh, like even at the time of recording all the way to now at the time of recording this episode, like it's still a perfect time to really hit that vein. Cause like you have a lot of different K-pop artists that are blowing up uh, like internationally. So it only makes sense to like keep, you know, striking while the iron's hot. Um, And, you know, speaking of things that are hot, like this, this video is fire, dude. Like they, the song is great. Video's great. Like is, um, I mean, I I didn't have any doubts as far as the animation side because of KDA Mm -hmm. and like all, and they've had more time since KDA, which means that it's only going to get better. Right. And good Lord, they did not disappoint on the animation side, but like the song's really catchy. It's a bop. So it's like, yeah, this is, this is starting to feel like that perfect storm is brewing. Yeah. So let's give a little, a little bit of detail. Who's in this? Who's in the band? Okay. So we have Ophelios and Elune. Uh, We have Ezreal, Cassante, Kane, Set, and Yone. Um, I still think it should be Yone, but whatever. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. You typical North American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the way they set up the group actually mimics i mean even if you look at like black eyed peas right the producer and the dj is a part of the group and in the same vein they followed that kind of style where we start off with like a velios so velios you know he doesn't speak and you would think well how can he be in a boy band group well he's mainly on the composer side right yeah, and I I love that they use like a lot of the League of Legends lore for Aphelios's role in this mm-hmm. because yes, he is on the composing side, but like uh when you read the Heartsteel bio mm-hmm. for Aphelios, the first thing is that he's a multi-instrumental musical genius. Uh which, you know, matches his actual in-game playstyle of constantly switching out between the lunar weapons except now yeah. it's constantly switching out between yep. the instruments and yep. composing it. So uh um like they there are mentions elsewhere that you know he kind of started out like dude in his basement just making music and uh growing up here in the united states there are plenty of musical acts that my generation really loves and adores that were dudes starting with nothing but a computer in their basement so (laughs) it's like this is already like just kind of spot on but they uh I, I do like that we also get like some uh, Eastern boy band influences mm-hmm. too. Um, Cause I like that it's mixed and match because like you said, this really does have that black eyed peas feel, Yeah, but it does also have the feel of, um, of some of the K-pop groups that have a lot of international stars in it. Yeah. Um, because you know, they, they even mention in the bios that it's like, you guys come from, so many different areas of Runeterra and you speak different languages and they're like, that's a lot more of like current K-pop right now is that you've got a lot of more international stars getting dropped in. So like, I I like that they kind of mixed and matched up like that boy band, Western style and Eastern style. 
Well said, sir. And the next person behind the scene, I say behind the scenes, even though the way they present it, they're like a part of the group. And I love that is Yone, who is the DJ and the producer. And this is really cool to see because his backstory is essentially he was in a different genre of music, more probably like a solo project. I'm trying to just do the producer thing with probably without lyrics, probably just instrumental stuff. And that didn't work out. He kind of fell off the map and then he got wrapped up in this and made his way into quote unquote K-pop. And if you've ever followed artists on YouTube, this happens a lot. Um, one that comes to mind is a Zodi. He's a smaller producer I used to follow that was in a different style of music, came across K-pop as, as it was growing and decided to dedicate his expertise in his field to that and grow more in general as a producer. And that's immediately what I thought of because he's a very common story. If you follow K-pop over, you know, the COVID pandemic that we dealt with um, as it blew up and grew and spread across the world. So that's a great backstory, in my opinion, to have for him. And the way that fits into the Yone, like original lore, because we get some references to Yasuo, who's in True Damage. Man, you took the words out of my mouth. Because <laughs> I, I love the inclusion of Yone because of the fact that Yasuo is in True Damage, mm -hmm. because like that opens a door to having more True Damage content, um, which... Like I feel like I feel like we won't get it anytime soon just because of like the logistics of getting something like heart steel done. Yeah. Like it's probably too tight of a schedule to like get true damage going at the same time. But it, it kind of leaves that door propped open, right? Like we could go down that avenue if we want. Um, but I'm also interested to see if like the if they're going to acknowledge, you know, that relationship as far as within the group itself, you know, kind of more like a Star Guardians approach instead yeah. of a KDA approach. Are we shining like, bright? Oh, that, we're shining bright now. All right. <laughs> we're shining bright. But the, only because it's a specific Star Guardian reference and not a reference to Shiny. I will yeah. not recognize that band. <laughs> Get mad at me, Shiny stands. <laughs> oh, no, we're doing this already. <laughs> so next person is the obvious. Okay, we saved him for third. All the girlies love him. We knew they would. Ezreal. Um, Hetch obviously has had beef, beef with Ezreal across multiple universes. <laughs> I, I can't, everywhere I look, I see his face and it's <laughs> pissing me off. I'm not doing the Peter Parker thing of sad longing. No, I just want to punch him. <laughs> but they nailed it. I mean, Ezreal as a character is built as the visual lead. Every group needs one. And that's the one he serves here. And his backstory is also pretty cool because it fits in Ezreal, right? where he was essentially set up as a one-hit wonder. He was a part of the machine, and then they left him to the wolves. And after that, not really sure what he was going to do, he ends up in Heartsteel and is able to, you know, talent he has, but now apply that in a space he never thought he would be in. First of all, not as a solo act, which you would expect from an Ezreal, um, but as a part of a group and growing into that space with not even being the leader, right? That's the other part. Yeah, like uh um I think like they did they do dive into like the whole like dynamic of how yeah. the leadership works in the group, but yeah. um I feel like that's gonna be another episode for us. Yeah. But uh like I do really like that they acknowledge the fact that, you know, Ezreal in the League of Legends lore is much more of a loner, mm -hmm. right? And like they do that with his backstory of acknowledging that it's like, no, he did his own thing. He did his own thing, it didn't work out. And that's how we ended up here. Um, but I like it was 
it's also a very obvious include as far as when you want to have that representation of Eastern style boy bands, because, you know, you have characters like Kane where, you know, Kane is like the bad boy, but the yeah. bad boy motif is much yeah, more of a is. Western thing. Just oh, like yeah, he is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but like that that's a that's a more western motif as far as the whole makeup because the with the eastern style like your K-pop formula the the bad boy's not part of the formula, right? Like yeah. you have your visuals, your vocals, your dance, your rap. Mm-hmm. And you, like you build around that formula instead. And like this is a representation for it because Ezreal is always going to be the visual of whatever group he's in. Like we see that even in Star Guardians, that he's still trying to figure out how to be the girliest of the girls. Like <laughs> <laughs> What True. a pain in the ass the man is. This man with the cross universe references. Let's go. <laughs> um, but even a little tease to our, because we're going to do another episode, because they did a GQ spread in Korea for this, and they also translated it, which is great. Uh, we don't have the time for it here on this episode. We just got to give you guys a taste and an overview if you're kind of wondering what's going on. But Ezreal has his own individual spread there as well uh, because <laughs> yeah. he's the visual lead and that's what the ladies want and you guys are getting fed okay <laughs> <laughs> we're eating good tonight <laughs> and let's hop to Cassante, um a one of the other vocalists next to ezreal and i love it because listen us big buff guys we like to sing too we got heart <laughs> oh stop oh get off the cross we can use the wood <laughs> but also he participates participates in like the style side of the group right and how that how people get to express themselves but also showing that they are together as a group um and another story of someone who tried to do something vocally solo but is a type of person who will take on more than they can handle and being in a group allows him to do that with people in his corner. So it's more productive rather than destructive in this environment. So great. I love, like, and as Hetch mentioned, he shares vocals on the course um, with Ezreal Singer. We'll go into who's behind each voice as well a little bit later. Right. And uh, I do, I enjoy the, um, like, as far as just the representation that like having Cassante in this brings, because it's, uh, this is much more of a visual representation that everyone's coming from different places. Right. Because they, they we can never discount having representation of different cultures yeah. and races in games. Mm-hmm. Um, so like making sure that for this next big thing where KDA was gigantic. Right. Yes. Um, and, so it's nice to see that the follow-up to KDA is also having more representation with it and that he's taking, you know, kind of front stage and center alongside the biggest pig head on the planet. Um, so it's, it's good to see that. Um, and as far as like they, like the character design of Cassante just in game is perfect for this. Yeah. Like he's just like, yeah, throw the dude in a suit and imagine him walking down a red carpet. Yeah. Uh, of course. Like, <laughs> I, like it's, to me, it was a no brainer. So I'm glad that for Riot, it was a no brainer too, because it's like spot on chef's kiss. Good job, guys. Exactly. And it's time to talk about the man himself, Kane or the men themselves, <laughs> Kane and Roust. Um, so Kane is a, like he had a career, and we've seen this in K-pop happen before, 
where you have a a member who is talented, capable, but doesn't gel well with their group. Something happens and they end up getting let go or they graduate. Um, <laughs> and this makes sense for Kane because of Roust. He has a bad boy uh, persona and that gets in the way of the previous group he was in. And he was essentially isolated from that group and had to find greener pastures, which led him to Heartsteel, which turns out to be a better fit for him. And yeah. he's a rapper. I and like of course like you know that bad boy motif already matches like the uh the boy band style of rapping yeah uh because it's like it, there are definitely like a lot of good rappers in the pop scene when it comes to like these kind of boy groups and girl mm-hmm. groups uh but you know they they're kind of they're kind of shoehorned into one style right yeah. uh so you know having Having Kane be the rapper for the group makes sense because it's like, oh, he has a demon. He's the bad boy. You know, they we they're always, especially in K-pop, the rapper's always personified as the bad boy or yeah. bad girl, right? So it's I, I they I think this was a good choice as far as like that direction. Uh and I also like just having him in there and, and you know, the bad boy motif is because of Rost. Uh, like that is already a good thing because it opens this the door for a lot of different story elements and that's something that we get to see with like star guardians having jinx on the original team because jinx is you know the wild card yeah. except straight up charlie day sunny like always sunny in <laughs> philadelphia vibe uh where so like you know having kane into this group like he can kind of fulfill that role a little bit in a different way um so i i think that was a really good choice as far as uh, champion wise to put into this group uh but have we talked about our other leader yet have we talked no, about we set haven't. so let's talk about the mama's boy with a heart of gold Oh my god. Our (laughs) final member here. And Set is like the way he ended up in Heartsteel or started Heartsteel is actually related to his backstory uh, because his career was going well until uh, he punched a paparazzi person. And PR never likes that. Uh, They never like when that happens. And that led to him having to shift directions. But also, he found a new motivation for his drive and what he wanted to do and the business in general and he's our other rapper yeah and i like this is this is so it's almost corny because of how well it fits right but it's but like it's one of those corny things that makes you smile instead of groan so i guess that's okay (laughs) but uh, it's like oh man like the mama's boy of the group and it's like oh my god y'all just gonna do set dirty like that (laughs) that's messed up like it's borderline messed up but i i do love that like he ends up in the group because of punching a paparazzi he does it for a good reason we'll tell you why later but he does it for a good reason we yeah they do give us reasons why but it's uh but like it it is kind of it does kind of feel like set got the the shortest stick of the draw right um (laughs) but you know a spoiler to the gq episode he is the second leader of the group um so the uh because they do that they do that breakdown in the gq episode but that spoiler is that it's cassante and set are the leaders so it's not all negatives for set here (laughs) like he 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 comes out ahead (laughs) (laughs) so Let's start heading to the end of this where we talk about the voices behind them. Because as you know, the voice actors are talented. And even to the point where on Twitter, 
part of the campaign with the release was they were doing Discord calls with the members, with their voice actors, kind of just interacting naturally as a group would uh, because they're multi, multi – oh, my God – multicultural. <laughs> Sorry. We talk a lot. So sometimes <laughs> – We didn't do our tongue twisters before the show. I know, right? <laughs> so sometimes um, they have to communicate purely remotely because they're in their own country. And we get – replacement vocalist for those voice actors. Not all voice actors can sing. Most of them can, though, which is always impressive. Uh, with Ezreal, we have, and I'm sorry if I butcher this, Bacon. Yep. Not Bacon, even though I want to say it. <laughs> Good old Bacon. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's our show. Are we making it canon? It is our show. <laughs> is A that Bacon former now? member of EXO. And shit, Super yep. M, dude. This this is probably your main. This is our main K-pop guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. and specifically with the way that they want to uh, build Heart Steel, as far as within the universe, there isn't anyone better than Baekhyun, uh to to take up that mantle. In my yeah. opinion, um, I'm not. I'll preface this with saying I'm not like the biggest EXO fan. Yeah. Uh, but it, like, despite that, he is perfect for this role, not only because of his vocal talents, but he is a former member of EXO and EXO was one, probably the flagship group of, uh, as far as like the early 2010s, yeah. they were the flagship group of having international stars in the lineup as far as like more than just one. Um, so like they, they were the ones that like, uh, early on were kind of paving the road of figuring out how difficult it is to match up their artists schedules, you know, getting some of these guys out of China to come to Korea, figuring out work visas and stuff like that. A lot of what's in place nowadays was built by EXO, um, so having a, a, mem a former member of EXO be in like providing the voice, but he could also be the guy that is like, hey, what's it like with language barriers and what's it like with distance between the members, like physical distance between the members? Yeah. How how does that affect like the work side of things uh, of being on a boy band? So he he's I, I got to imagine he's a great insight for that. But the dude can sing, so yeah, like let let that be one of your main vocalists, absolutely. Yeah, and then followed up by Cassante's voice vocalist, which is Toby Lou, um, which is he's a Nigerian artist uh, raised in the states in Chicago, who does both singing and will do some rapping as well, and also song production, which is great, right? Because when you have solid vocalist solid rappers, but also people that can do both. That just adds more of a dynamic aspect. And like Hetch mentioned, more representation because we're showing multiple cultures touching the same product. You're going to get something unique, right? That's how we get cities. Blending yeah, cultures, that, baby. You know, back before America became great again, it used to be a <laughs> melting pot. <laughs> and we used to embrace a lot of these cultures. Yeah. But for now, we'll settle with, uh, you know, uh, we'll settle with K-pop groups built out of <laughs> we'll Rutera. we can. <laughs> uh, but I uh, like he he absolutely did a wonderful job as far as his lines in the song, uh, like. Like I said, like when Cassante came out and I like his 
all like the voice that they picked as far as in Toby Lou, it's yeah. like exactly what I wanted it to be. Like, yeah. so it's, they did a good job. I hope, and I hope that this like, you know, is only a boon to Toby Lou's career because I ain't going to lie. I, I didn't know about him until this, yeah. but I, I'm definitely going to look him up now. It's one of those points like I can't, I can't wait until they bring them all out on stage together because that's going to be the cool moment, right? Where you get to actually see it with the characters in the background doing things. Same thing with KDA, right? It's, it's a great – there are a few spaces where you get this type of experience. Um, and it, it's great that Riot has the wherewithal to bring us this um, consistently. They've, they've done this constantly. So – yeah, yeah, it, it is good to see that they're only improving on the formula instead of stagnating because yeah. that's this is the stuff that made KDA great. So it makes sense to just keep it rolling, right? Yeah. So that takes us to Kane, voiced by rapper and instrumentalist Cal Scrubby. Now, if you're on the internet, if you're on YouTube, you've probably come across his stuff before. He's kind of like, I wouldn't say a silly rapper, but he has fun with his music and fun with the stuff he puts out. And he has a little, a good solid following, um, but you're not going to hear him on the radio type stuff, but he does a great job as Kane um, for paranoia. I know for a lot of people, like as we we're getting teasers, as you're going into it, everyone expected the Ezreal part, right? But the starting off with Kane and with that delivery really kind of caught people's attention. They're like, Oh shit, this is cool. Right. He Kane is supposed to be edgy, but he also brings a natural coolness to it with his voice. Um, and that was a great addition. And immediately, like I said, pulled me in as a fellow deep voice haver. <laughs> I, I'm go I'm gonna lift the veil on our production here. <laughs> this man was digging deep as far as on Cal Scrubby and like right before we were recording, because he's like, dude. Who did Kane's voice? Like, yeah, like this part. I, I need, I need more of that bass in my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like this for me, you know, it's kind of you know on the same vein as with Toby Lou, where it's like, yeah, like it, fantastic that we're getting a lot more of a spread. Like yeah. it's not because like uh, as compared to KDA, since that is the biggest, the closest thing that we can compare it to at this point. You know, like they they've already kind of broke the formula a little bit by not having two K-pop artists on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we've got just one K-pop artist. Yeah. So it, it's good to see that because it's like, you know, it, League of Legends is a global game. So it mm -hmm. makes sense that this should be a global style of music, even if we're going to take heavily from K-pop. Yeah. And that takes us to our last voiced person. Cause remember Aluna's the manager. You don't really get a voice for her. And then Aphelios and Yon are on the production side. But set voiced by Ozzy. And Ozzy is Taiwanese, um, a rapper and also songwriter as well. So there's some more advantage there, right, of having everyone kind of touch the project. Um, but another rapper, and both rappers are solid. Like, because you, you tend to have sometimes where you'll have the main rapper and then someone who will rap on and off to kind of test things out in certain songs, and it doesn't always work. But having a rap duo inside the overall group, and then also remember, because Toby can also rap, it brings, it leans it more to the hip hop side, right, of the pop side of things, which is a neat approach to it, considering you already have KDA, right? So it's a neat, neat dynamic, and it's bringing a lot of people more into that space, because remember, rap is still the 
most popular genre in the world. Yes. <laughs> like, um, the numbers and, will back that. Yeah. To to backseat on that comment, mm-hmm. um, like what arguably the most famous K-pop group in the world is BTS. Mm-hmm. Um, with there's Wait, no who? arguing that. Uh, of course you haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so BTS is arguably the most popular K-pop group in the world, yeah. and there are multiple members of BTS that have said that they did not want to be a boy band; that they wanted to be rappers. Yep. Uh, so, which is why, I like, when smart. you after, like, when they got like you know in, more into their popularity, like they started making more just heavily hip hop focused songs as well as breaking off and doing some solo stuff for their own hip hop, because that's, it's like, yeah, the K pop is what got them popular, but that's not what they wanted to do. And it makes sense that, you know, like with these guys are going to be more hip hop focused because a lot of dudes will be affected by toxic masculinity and not want to dive into a boy band immediately. So it it just kind of like plays into like that human aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I am stoked though, because the, as far as with Ozzy, I want to pinpoint that, you know, he's not just Taiwanese. He's a Taiwanese American. Yes. Um, so that it's two for the U.S. on this one. We <laughs> we will probably never win another Worlds, but we got Heart Steel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we'll end this one. I mean, I think you guys, and no one's surprised that Hetch and I are on board. <laughs> we'll always be on board with this stuff. Um, it's great. Yeah, keep- Paranoia is great. And like KDA... The part that surprised me was not just how much the first song pleased me. It was how their whole discography up to this point has pleased me. I was like, every song had like a different vibe and hit well. So I'm interested not only to see, I'll keep listening to Paranoia. It's a good song, but I want to see what's next, man. I want to see how they mix this up more. Yeah. And uh, like, we haven't talked a lot about the song and that's for a specific reason. It's good. Go listen to it. You don't want to listen to two dudes talk about it. Just listen to it. It's really good. Um, and I, I, I'm excited for this, not only because, you know, like they, the world building that can come around it, yeah. because we got to see like how much fun that they had with Star Guardian universe. So the more like, check I mean, out our like Kate, part series. <laughs> yeah, check out our series. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, but like you, with that, like, you know, they were already adding more into KDA, especially with like, you know, the ad, bringing Seraphine in as yeah. a champion, like shortly after the KDA stuff. Um, so and then like we have True Damage and then with Heart Steel, like Yone, Yone it actually like mentions like Yasuo in True Damage. So it's like they're building another world here, too. So for us and our show, like that's super exciting. We want that. Like, so of course we're going to be excited for it. Um, and then, you know, my personal comment to end this episode, bring me more Pentakill. Yeah. Get, bring me more Pentakill, Riot. It's been enough time. All right. I'm starving. He's not wrong, even though we've gotten a lot of pentacles. <laughs> we haven't gotten nearly enough, and you know it. <laughs> All right. But with that, and that pentakill reference was for a reason, but you'll have to find out in the next episode. Uh, but as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah. Take care, everybody. <laughs>